Financial institutions scrambled to keep their customer support going after the unwelcome arrival of the coronavirus. Now, with reopening talk getting louder, it's hard to see things going back to the way they were pre-COVID-19. Our guest on this week's podcast is DJ Haskins, head of marketing at SilverCloud, a New Hampshire company offering self-service solutions for banks and credit unions. He joins us to share what they're seeing from clients as a result of the pandemic and how what's happening now may change customer support in the years ahead. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. After nearly three months of COVID-19 work from home, banks and credit unions have learned a lot that stands to shape their future operations. This includes how customers are supported, both by people and by technology. Our guest on this week's podcast is DJ Haskins, Vice President of Marketing at SilverCloud, who joins us to discuss challenges in customer and employee self-service during the pandemic, and also to talk about opportunities arising from the experience. So DJ, thanks for making time to be with us. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So COVID-19 has created disruption and challenges for pretty much every business, uh, regardless of what they do. So tell us a little bit about SilverCloud and what the past few months have been like for you during the pandemic. Yeah. So SilverCloud, we sell exclusively to banks and credit unions. And and really what we do is allow them to deliver better support. We do that through a digital self-service platform that extends out to their digital channels, as well as an employee support tool that is really a knowledge base that makes information really easy to find, follow, and manage. So from the SilverCloud perspective, you know, we're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We're about a 60-person company. So we were typically in the office, so we obviously, much like the banks and credit unions, had to pivot and go remote um, pretty quickly. And then, you know, we were able to do that relatively quickly and painlessly, and thankfully we were able to do that. But then, you know, instantly kind of shifted to like, how do we support our banks and credit unions? Obviously, there was, you know, just the nature of what we do. There was a lot of need for how can banks and credit unions deploy information quickly to their customers or members on their digital channels? And then internally, how do you support all the questions coming in to, you know, that the employees have, whether they're just employee related questions of what are you doing for our health and safety? What are we doing from a, how do I access tools remotely to also how do we serve our customers or members? You know, initially there was a lot of questions around cash withdrawal limits and some of those things that you saw March 16th, 17th, 18th, and then the following week with mortgages. And then as it in, you know escalated through PPP and the stimulus, so those, those questions that the customers or members have been asking have evolved as well. So just getting the right answers in front of the employees so that they were able to do that, especially with a lot of them being remote and not being able to to ask their neighbor, so to speak. Right. How would you rate the level and the quality of communication between financial institutions and their customer bases and between financial institutions and their employees during COVID-19? Yeah, it's a great question. And 
kind of two thoughts on that. I think number one is, you know, we have over 200 banks and credit unions in, you know, North America, and a lot of them tend to typically be a little bit more on the early adopter side of things. So they're a little bit looking ahead a little bit better and their communications and just the requests coming in from our customers to make updates has been really good. A lot of them were really on top of it really early. And then the second perspective is kind of what we did internally is we just built like a little uh, knowledge base of all of our personal financial institutions just to really see the communications that they were coming in. You know, so we each have different banks, whether they're local, whether they're some of the national ones. So we we created a little repository internally just to see what was happening in the market from, you know, 15 different people, if you will. So we have that perspective and I it was pretty impressive. I think, you know, they've done a, a really good job of getting out ahead of them. I think that, you know, ahead of their customers, I think the challenge is, you know, having to just go digital, did they have the right emails? Were they using texting? And were all of their customers or members ready to receive those or reading those? Um, you know, a lot of updates on the website and mobile and online banking. In terms of the employee communications, I can really only speak for our customers, but it seems that they've done a really good job of, of having, you know, if they have the right tools in place to be able to disseminate information quickly, they've done a really good job of that. And then using analytics to really understand what are other questions, whether, again, they're employee questions specific to health, safety, you know, work from home, or, you know, customer member questions around how do we get these updated information out there as quickly as possible when we're talking on a telephone or email or chat, or even through the ITMs or some of the branch appointments. Are you finding that clients that are further along in their digital transformation efforts are dealing with the COVID-19 disruptions better or at least maybe having a less anxious time about it than those that are, that are in the earlier stages? Yeah, I think so. We run the gamut, you know, 200 plus customers, some big, some small. We have a good range and, and there's definitely been, you know, especially initially, was there the, the VPN support or the ability to work from home? You know, we had a, a number of customers that were able to transition quickly. So they were able to be a little bit further ahead. They didn't have to lose or invest that first week or so to really get the infrastructure in place. But I think at the end of the day, the answer is definitely yes. And one of the top challenges is that we hear especially with some of the smaller institutions is the idea that no our customers want to come in they want to call we really want to have that one to one you know contact with them and i think that the challenge there is is that absolutely there are going to be a some some section of your customers that are always going to want to call and always want to come in but there's also a growing you know as we become kind of trained with our you know our phones and digital that a lot of them want to start on self-service. So I think a lot of it is a mind shift in terms of how do you differentiate? How do you really meet your customers where they are? Understanding that it, it's not an all or nothing proposition, meaning that you need to be able to provide these tools and these self-service options across all the different channels because how I bank might be slightly different than you. And then also understanding that, yeah, for some basic stuff, I just want to do it on my own, but there's some other things, PPP comes to mind or stimulus or even, you know, overdraft or some of these high value, high emotion things that we need to be able to provide that. So to answer your question, you know, that was a, a long-winded way. I, I think there is, there's definitely early adopters that have seen the power of digital, not just from from the customer or member perspective, but also how do you empower your employees to be able to, to have the right information easily. And they probably did have a much easier transition with this because they probably also were the ones that were going to VPN earlier, having the ability to kind of, quote unquote, flip that switch a little faster. The customer rep suddenly working from home, that's kind of a novel thing. 
for credit unions and banks. So what are you hearing in your conversations about the, the biggest challenges that's presenting for them, uh, given that customer questions and concerns, as you mentioned earlier, are up quite a lot during the virus? Yeah, I have two perspectives on this. So my wife actually runs a a call center for a large financial services company that is not just banking but insurance and and they've been remote for a while and I hear some of the challenges over the you know at the dinner table if you will over the last year just around that. And a lot of it comes down to the idea of are they able to provide the information, the right information? Are they able to find it quickly? And then also, you know, are they able to to do that first call resolution? So Obviously, it's a challenging time when you know it's, you're not just able to put somebody on hold and tap the person next to you, but you kind of are able to do that in some regards with just Slack and some of these you know communication tools. But a lot of it really just comes down to the ability to they have the information that they need so that they can confidently you know answer those questions. You know, we've heard a lot of stories in the industry of you know with call center or contact center volumes increasing and the branches closing or going down to smaller staffs, you know, that a lot of the the branch staff were actually have to go into the contact center and, and provide that support. So a lot of it comes down to, you know, it's the same type of job, but done in a much different medium um, where you're, you know, in front of a computer versus in, in front of the person. It, I think it's been a challenge for some institutions, and I think for other institutions, they've been able to do a pretty good job of, you know, just pivoting and getting the information that they need. At the end of the day, it just really comes down to are the employees able to find the information that they need? They have to run through a lot of different systems in terms of actually be able to process things, but also just to really understand, okay, where do I find that information? How do I answer this question? For a number of other industries, that call center uh, work from home has been a growing trend, but that really hasn't been so much the case for financial companies. So now that the coronavirus has shown how it can be done at banks and credit unions, do you think that's going to add momentum for more of that in the future? I do. And I think part of the advantage of the work from home is obviously you have the ability to to expand your pool of potential talent, meaning that, you know, you don't necessarily have to only hire in a 20, 30 mile geographic region or 60, whatever it might be. So you're able to get, you know, more types of people. Uh, you're able to expand that talent pool. You're potentially able to find people that have done this type of work before and are more comfortable with it. You know, one of the things that that we're hearing and really reading a lot about is, is that the idea of the contact, you know, bank or credit union frontline staff, whether that be employer, whether that be um, over the contact center, their role is going to evolve a little bit and just from being just a customer support rep. And I don't mean to say just because it's a very important role, but to be more of that idea of a consultant to be able to, and I don't want to use the term universal banker, you know, but somewhere in between where they're able to really not just answer questions, but be able to provide potentially financial recommendations. So the reason I think it's the opportunity exists to kind of expand that talent pool is if you're remote, now you might be able to looking to hire for a slightly different skill set in terms of somebody that is not just able to answer questions, but is able to make recommendations, is able to provide a really good experience um, to anticipate kind of what the customer or member is asking for and really be able to deliver on that. And that might be a slightly different skill set than the traditional contact center roles that they've been hiring for. So I do think that, you know, a lot of the forward thinking, you know, banks and credit unions are, are going to be able to capitalize on that quickly with through training and with, with really empowering their employees to not just hang up the phone and really hit their, um, 
and hit their service levels, but to be really able to provide that that value add experience that they're all looking to deliver on. Having that geographic limitation uh, lifted is no doubt a, a very big pro. What about the con side? Are there downsides of the the customer support work from home model for financial institutions that should also be you know considered? I'm not sure that I have you know we have full visibility of the end all be all kind of <laughs> judgment on that. But it's really going to come down to accessibility and tools. And then the I guess the other big thing is just privacy in terms of, and I don't mean privacy, but security, right? I mean, it's easy to provide good customers, you know, service virtually for Zappos, for instance, as I know that's what they're known for. But when you're talking about, you know, financial transactions, there's a transactions is a little bit more of a security uh, risk there. So I think it's really just going to come down to the ability. Do they have the systems and tools that they need in place to be able to do that. And then, you know, I think at the end of the day, when we look back on this in six or 12 months, they'll, you know, we'll really be able to, as an industry, really be able to understand the impacts it's had as we have a little bit of distance on this. It's kind of, we've been in that any port in a storm mentality for the last two, you know, two months, almost three months now. What well, one of the, the big challenges for, for banks and credit unions is what's known as the single source of truth or the one source of truth. I know it's a big thing for you at SilverCloud and in, in the data systems world. So, you know, the, the one source of truth, that centralized database that holds an organization's data and that that data is consistent, it's up to date and it's easily accessible. So it's pretty clear why credit unions and banks would want to have this for their customer interactions. But why is it such a challenge for them to actually create it? It's a great question, and I think it's probably one of the big challenges that the industry has faced. And, you know, so there's when we talk about a single source of the truth, you know, we help deliver knowledge so that banks and credit unions can really deliver better support. You know, so when we think about a single source of truth, it's the idea that, all right, if I'm a customer or a member on a digital channel, I want to ensure that I get that they get the right answer. It's a consistent answer. It's across their website, their mobile banking. Maybe it's on, you know, maybe they have a website set up specific to loans or, you know, all these different microsites or online banking. And in the idea being that having a single source of truth with the right answer is going to provide consistency you know from the consumer's perspective what we've really seen is is that it's slowed down by departmental silos meaning that marketing owns the website and this group owns mobile banking and this group owns online banking and there's not a lot of collaboration between how do we tie these all together what is that fabric if you will that's actually ensuring that so on the customer and the member side on the digital side it's really been the departmental silos that have slowed that down a little bit in being able to you know quote unquote let go or to to recognize that all right how do we provide a consistent experience for our customers or members is really about providing access to that from all of those. And on the employee side, when we talk about it, it's really, you know, one of the top challenges is that we hear is, is that, you know, information is scattered. It's hard to find. It's not centrally managed. You know, somebody pulls up something from an internet. It's this version. It's this version. So it's really about providing access to information and making sure it's consistent. And then on the data side, you know, that is probably one of the top challenges And that's where, you know, when we hear about this idea of open banking and digital transformation, that really is the focus. So how do you ensure that, you know, your core system or your mobile banking or your your online banking, your digital banking, however you refer to it, is all connected? How do we ensure that there's open API so that we can now pull things into Salesforce or whatever the CRM is being leveraged? And I think where we're going to find the intersection of all of that as there's more progress is made from the open APIs and the open banking, 
is really being able to pull in different interfaces. And what I mean by that as a perfect example is, you know, being able to pull up a little bot so that, you know, an employee doesn't have to leave one screen. They're on the main screen where they're, you know, they're doing, they're pulling up the records and then they're able to actually just be able to answer a simple question to say, all right, how do I do this? And getting the answers returned right there. So, you know, when we think about open banking, we, we do a lot of talk about the, the APIs that'll connect all of those systems together. But I think it's also going to be on the front end too with, with these different interfaces and being able to actually pull in information as that kind of in that single source of truth. But again, it all starts with having that centrally managed and stored, whether that's just basic knowledge as we refer to it, you know, answers and how to's, as well as the data that's driving all of that. So that, you know, if I do go to the, you know, to my bank, they can see, okay, here's what you have. Here's what you've been you know, interacting with on the website. Here's what you might be interested in and then being able to kind of proactively anticipate what I'm looking to do and make proactive recommendations. We've been speaking, you know, mostly about the challenges the banks and credit unions are facing with COVID-19, but, you know, let's consider the flip side. What about opportunities that it's presenting? So can you give one or two bits of advice to the industry about opportunities in the current environment? If you were asked that, what would you say? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I saw this quote, I think it was on Cornerstone and it was actually within a comment of an article that was on Cornerstone or it might have been BAI, I'm not sure, but it, it was a quote from a regional banker and he basically said, we've just accelerated years into weeks. And I think that really is the opportunity is, is that we, everybody kind of knew this was going to happen in the future, but we didn't think it would happen this quickly just in terms of how quickly people were forced to use digital and to not be able to leverage the branch. So I think that is the opportunity is we now have 10, 12, 11 weeks, whatever it's been, to really evaluate the impact and to be able to see, okay, what were those percentages like and how does banking shift? So I think that is the, the large opportunity is to just step back for a second and think about what has the impact actually been? You know, we've anticipated it being this. We've thought it might be this. What was it like? And then to really identify where are the, the quote unquote holes or, or opportunities <laughs> is a more positive way to say it around how do we actually start to improve that? You know, I use the word digital friction a lot in terms of, you know, are we creating digital friction both for our, our customers, but also our employees, meaning, you know, are there areas that we can improve on? And I feel like that's been part of the challenge in the industry is, is that, you know, this idea of digital transformation and open banking are they're big and they're scary and they're they're big projects. But there's a lot of opportunity to, if we really step back and say we've had 12 weeks of this. What was the impact? Where is there digital friction, for lack of a better word, um, in terms of our customer experience? So if our call volumes are increasing by 36%, which is the average that I've seen, you know, BAI had a great stat a few weeks ago, 83% of the institutions are really considering their digital strategies now. Let's just evaluate, you know, what are the questions coming in and why are they calling? Why can't they find it? What are our employee to employee questions? Why aren't they able to find the answers and start to fix those? So I think that is the largest opportunity is to really take what we've just learned over the last 12 weeks and make incremental improvements instead of just having this, all right, 2022, we're going to roll out this brand new thing because that's two years from now, right? How do we make those incremental steps? And we have the blueprint now from the last 12 weeks. So I know you and everyone else have their uh, their hands full now dealing with COVID-related issues, but let's, uh, let's look ahead a bit. Where do you see customer self-service where do you see employee self-service going in, say, the next five years, next three to five years? And how will it be different? How will it look different from what we see today? 
Well, I think the real where it'll really be is it's just going to get smarter about interpreting what we're looking to do. So instead of just providing an answer, instead of just providing here's here's what you can do, you know, using AI and using some of the machine learning, if you will, and some of these other technologies that are coming out, which still require a lot of human intervention to interpret, it's going to get just smarter. So if I ask this question or if I do this, it's going to anticipate kind of why am I asking that or what do I typically want to do next? So it's really going to be able to seamlessly provide the customer or the employee with those options based on AI or based on machine learning or based, you know, based on even a little bit of business intelligence that a human has kind of evaluated to say, all right, 73% of the time when a customer or member asks this, they're looking to do these two things. Let's not just provide links to it. Let's really make it intuitive about how do they take that next step. So I think that's really the opportunity with self-services. We're doing a good job now as an industry, um, anticipating kind of, you know, we're providing the options for self-service. The next gen will be, you know, taking that and putting it on steroids in terms of providing that proactive experience. Well, we we certainly all want to get smarter, you know, in, in our day-to-day operations. So I, I wouldn't uh, imagine that customer self-service is anything different on that. So well, DJ, yeah, I just, DJ, yeah, just a, sorry to cut just a just a great example of that. And I, I just thought of this, and but I think this kind of helps everyone visualize what I mean by that. So iPhone, last week we were, I had a, uh, a webinar that I was doing and 10 minutes before the webinar, my phone popped up a notification. It said, it looks like, you have a big meeting coming up. Do you want me to put my your phone in silent mode? And that's really what I mean by proactive self-service, right? So in banking, you know, where could that go next? But, you know, that's that idea of proactive self-service, right? Making those recommendations so I could say, oh, yes, I do need to silence this. Or, yes, I need to shut this off because I'm doing this webinar. And that's the idea that we need to get to in banking is really they ask this or they've done this in the past. They want me to proactively do this for them. Right. And at the root of that is just knowing your customer and knowing your customer's needs just that much better in order to in order to be able to anticipate that level of service. So DJ Haskins, Vice President of Marketing at SilverCloud, many thanks again for being with us today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Terry. I've enjoyed it. Three takeaways from our conversation with SilverCloud's DJ Haskins. With COVID-19 upending their normal operations, it's not surprising to hear that banks and credit unions further along in developing digital capabilities would be having an easier time adjusting to the disruptions. The migration to digital banking has been a hot topic in the industry for more than two decades, with some moving in that direction faster than others. The coronavirus may be the proverbial kick in the pants for those lagging the field. As DJ quoted in our conversation, we've just accelerated years into weeks. What also may accelerate for financial institutions is momentum toward work from home for customer support employees. The sudden shift to remote due to COVID-19 has been an experiment that has largely worked for banks and credit unions, and along the way, they've no doubt learned some valuable lessons. Potential upsides include cost savings from a smaller real estate footprint and a larger hiring area that can deepen the talent pool. Among the challenges, compliance and data security given the sensitive information being handled. And finally, another big challenge in supporting both customers and employees is the elusive single source of truth. Everyone seems to believe that a centralized support database is the right way to go, but making it happen is proving easier said than done. 
DJ Haskins says a key obstacle is departmental silos that can lead to confusion and multiple sources of truth in circulation. He sees proactive support as a big opportunity for banks and credit unions, but before that can work, the single source of truth challenge must be met. Thanks again for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Join us next week for more insights on issues important to the financial services industry.